Good morning. Did you know that God wants you to be a rock star when it comes to money and stuff? Good. Well, I'm glad you're here because I'm going to show you a little bit more of what that actually looks like Monday to Sunday. I'm aware, and we call this series Like a Boss, that for some of you right now, you are the boss of your money. I'm also aware that for some of you, your money and stuff is the boss of you. And today we really want to, and with this series, we really want to help people get unstuck, become financially free, and actually experience God's best when it comes to money and stuff. And this is such an important topic. In fact, so important, and it's important because I think really two big reasons. Number one, God actually identifies that money and stuff is the number one thing that competes with Him for our hearts and our attention. That if anything is gonna knock God down to number two, it's almost always gonna be money and stuff. And He doesn't like being number two. He likes being number one. And He wants you to experience what it's like to live with Him as number one. And then the other thing is, is there's a freedom that comes with being a rock star when it comes to money and stuff. And so we actually teach a series every single year on money and stuff. This, this year, week two, we called it Like a Boss. And uh, last year, and we sent out to our e-update this week. And if you're not on our e-update, get on our app, subscribe or use the Next Step cards. We sent out um, just a reminder, or for some of you, you may not have been aware that of the series we've done the last three years on money and stuff. Last year, we taught a series called Economy, Maximizing Your Personal Economy, four-week series. And uh, you can go back through our podcasts and listen to that. The previous year, 2017, we taught a series called Making Change. Less is more, just ask Marie Kondo. Stress is bad, everyone doesn't need to be convinced of that. Giving is good and tomorrow matters. And, and then uh, the, the previous year, here's one, the church just wants your money. By the way, if you missed it, this title is intentionally ironic, okay? If you don't believe me, go back and listen to this and you'll find that, that God and His church doesn't want something from you, but wants something for you. And uh, we're picking that up and continuing that same theme with our series, Like a Boss. And here's the thing, I said this last week, this is a four-week series. Every week matters. If you only hear or listen to or apply uh, one or two or three, but not four of these topics that we're covering, you, it, it, you won't get to where God wants you to be. All of these matter. And, and so we're teaching for these four weeks, but go on an intensive, take a deep dive into what we've taught and, and allow God to help you go further faster. Wherever your financial situation is now, God's got something better for you, something better He wants to do for you, something better He wants to do in you, and something better that He wants to do through you. But it's not gonna happen just lying in bed, hoping that your fairy godmother's gonna turn up at the end of the bed and wave her magic wand that actually takes something from us, putting into practice. And if money's the boss of you right now, here's the deal, please understand we don't, don't feel shame. Please, I mean, I can't tell you what to feel, but I invite you don't, to not feel shame. We certainly have no intention of shaming you or condemning you. And in fact, Louis and I, as leaders of this church, we've been there. We've been in a season of our life where we weren't the boss of our money, that our money was very much 
the boss of us. We've been married 21 years and change. And in the first couple of years of our marriage, uh, for us specifically, we felt God uh, invite us to volunteer full-time at our church, at the church we're part of at the time, uh, volunteer full-time for no pay. And so we lived that way for the first couple of years of our marriage with no actual official income. And uh, God doesn't call everyone to do that. So you can all like, no, but He does call some people to do that. And for a season, and we lived that way for a season. And then, you know, it was tough. I'm not gonna say, oh, again, God just, you know, every morning we'd open the front door and and angels would waft into that hallway and spread money down the the passage. Look, you know, this was the days before you could check your bank balance online. And so we didn't always know what money was in our bank account, if any. And so there was many times, and I mean many, not like one or two many, but many times where we would go to the grocery store, we'd go to the supermarket, we'd, we'd, we'd push the trolley through, we'd fill the trolley up with what we needed for that uh, shopping uh, opportunity and go to the checkout and the, the cashier would ring up all of our groceries and then ask for us to pay and we'd hand over our little swipe card and it would be declined. And we would have to literally leave those groceries there at the checkout, very embarrassing, and, and drive away. We didn't have the money and that happened many many, many times. And so that's not an exciting part of our story, by the way, but it is a part of our story. And uh, some of you might relate to that. And it might not be because you're volunteering for a church, but because your expenses sometimes exceed your income and you've been short on occasions. We get, I'm telling you that because we get that. And so Louis uh, was able to get some part-time work. The church was able to eventually afford to start paying me and eventually afford to start paying Louis. And so our income started to go up. So we went from zero official income to having some official income. And uh, the maths would suggest that because of that, we were starting to uh, save money like a boss. The problem is that as our income went up, Progressively, so did our spending. And don't sit there titch-titching me because you've done the very same thing. Because you used to earn some money and now you earn more than that and not all of you have got the savings to prove it. And we were there. And so we started uh, accessing some credit cards. When you, when you actually have an official income, <laughs> you can apply for a credit card. Wow, it was magic. And you can apply for a second one and a third one, and back then, the the, the banks could send you a notice saying, well, we've noticed you've been really good at using our credit card. Would you like a credit limit increase? And we're like, heck yeah. (laughs) And it was was broken. That approach don't work. And uh, we had to do something uh, about it. We had to get out of debt. We had to stop letting money be the boss of us and, and, and us become the boss. Because here's the thing, if you live beyond your means consistently, you will find yourself in debt. It's just mathematics. My parents have never had a credit card, ever. And, and this is what life looked for them. Spending limits equals income. That's my parents. If you earn 50 grand, You could spend up to 50 grand, no more. Now, however, Junior comes into the situation and my spending limit is my income plus my credit limit. 
And if I access all of that income plus credit limit, I won't have any income to pay the interest on the credit that I've spent on the credit card. And we found that was the case for us. And it was ugly, very, very ugly. God calls debt slavery. That the borrower is a slave to the lender. And if you think that's a strong word, the next time you get your visa statement or your MasterCard statement, write to the bank or phone them up on the, and get through the telephone tree and tell them that the 20% interest charge does not spark joy for you and you're not gonna pay it. <laughs> no, I'm gonna take this month off, thanks. Just have a go and, and find out in an instant just who's the boss of who. The borrower is a slave to the lender. And debt isn't just a financial problem. Debt's also a mental health problem because you know people and I know people who struggle with stress and anxiety and are overwhelmed while they're in debt. It's not just, debt is not just a financial problem, it's a relational problem. You know marriages, you know families that are, that are at breaking point or maybe have come unstuck because of the tension around debt. It's also a generational problem. We're called to leave the next generation better than we found things. We're meant to be, our ceiling is meant to be their floor. And yet if we don't become the boss of our money, then the very things that kept us down are gonna keep the next generation down. And God, that's not God's best for any of us and it's not God's best for the next generation. So here's the thing. I don't need to have a crystal ball or have some sort of fancy VR glasses here to know there are two groups of people in this auditorium today. Those of you not in debt and those of you in debt. That's simple as that, right? If you're not in debt, then I can slice you into two groups. There are those that have been in debt and you've gotten out of it and so you are now not in debt now or you've never gotten into debt. And, and I'm gonna talk about what it means and how to get out of debt. If you're not in debt, you might think this doesn't apply to you. So you'll kind of, let's just start scrolling the gram. Can I encourage you, don't do that. Stay tuned in here because what I wanna teach to the people who are in debt, I want that to inoculate you to ever going back into debt or to ever consider, particularly those of you early in your stage of your careers and, and working life, inoculate you against ever allowing yourself to get into debt, okay? Plus, you might learn something that, yeah, might not apply to you because you're not in debt, but you might know someone who is in debt. And I'm gonna show some very, very, very simple approaches that you can actually show them. They don't even have to be a Jesus follower because God's principles work universally. So if you've got our Elevate app, you can pop it opened, it's actually the same story last week. So when you pop it open, if you're here last week, you'll think uh, the app doesn't appear to have updated. No, it's updated to the same story as last week, but I'm gonna come at it from a different angle. And this is Jesus, this is Luke uh, having interviewed eyewitnesses, uh, talking around an incident of Jesus' life where Jesus was teaching a crowd and uh, as often was the case, a lot of people there gathered around wanting to hear from Him. And at some point, some joker from the crowd says this, teacher, Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, man, <laughs> man, who appointed me a judge 
two or an arbiter between you. And then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So here's this guy, hey, Jesus, tell my brother. And Jesus says, listen, don't drag me into your stuff. And then he says something, and he says something that is just, he says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. See, Westerners, when it comes to our stuff and using the word guard, we guard our stuff from people. Jesus warns us to guard our hearts from our stuff. We guard our stuff from people stealing it. Jesus warns us to guard our hearts from from our stuff stealing us. It's completely upended based on what we think about when we use the word God and stuff. And then he says, life doesn't consist in an abundance of possessions. Those of you who live here in 21st century Perth, Western culture, this last bit, life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. You watch the ads on TV, they are telling you the exact opposite. And if we believe that lie, that life and fulfilment and status and purpose and hashtag goals and hashtag blessed is about the abundance of possessions, then we will grow an appetite. Jesus calls it greed for more and more and more. And it leads itself to us, if we're not careful, buying stuff we can't afford with money we don't have equals debt, equals slavery a place that God doesn't want us to live. God wants us to be financially free and live ultimately free. So if you're in debt, no judgment, no shame, been there. Here's the major key to unlocking and getting out of that shackles. It's gonna sting a little. Pay now and play later or Play now and pay later. Either way, you're gonna pay. (laughs) It's just about when. You guys are so clever, you could probably figure out what it's meant to say. Yeah, all right. Uh, Jared, remind me to speak to our media team, please. In the words of Donald Trump, you're fired. This slide in your imagination says, gee, that really stole the moment, didn't it? Wow, actually, what? We, We can't all be dyslexic. Pay now and play later, or play now and pay later, all right? See, for us, when we were in debt, slave to debt, we had to make a decision. We need to pay now. We need to take the hits now. We need to experience some pain and some sacrifice and make some hard choices now. So when we decided to get serious about that, a date night for Mark and Louie, a glamorous date night for Mark and Louie was to walk down to our local McDonald's, share a 
cent ice cream cone when they were only 20 cents, living the dream, and spend two hours in air-conditioned comfort, flicking through sticky magazines, food-stained, old, gross, 20 cents, date night, 10 cents an hour it costs us. Because we, we, we decided we were gonna pay now, make some sacrifices so that we could play later. There was no exotic overseas vacations for us. There was no upgrades to a fully sick flat screen TV. We kept the TV that I had from my bachelor days and give, give you an idea, one of our friends, he'd come over our house about six or seven times before he said to me, Mark, I notice you don't have a TV. And I said, buddy, turn around, it's just there. And he went, our TV was, it was about this big. But eventually we got financially free. Eventually the margin we created by paying now, by taking some sacrifices, by reducing our expenses, by living not just at our means, but actually below our means and using that margin that we created to pay down debt caused us to get to a place where we were financially free. Now, here's the thing. Was it hard? Yeah. Painful? Yeah. And it wasn't a linear journey because we had setbacks along the way. But what it required was commitment, was a focus on a goal, the goal being financial freedom. And as a couple, and I know not all of you are gonna be doing this as a couple, but if you are, it required us to be constantly on the same page and keep everything on the table. When one of us screwed up, and upgraded from a 20 cent ice cream and bought a dollar cheeseburger, we had to actually say, babe, I need you to forgive me. I bought a cheeseburger. (laughs) So here's the plan that we used, and this is the plan that we recommend. It's not the only plan. It's not the only approach. This is, not to be con- uh, this is not to be considered financial advice. If you need financial advice, please consult a financial advisor. This is just saying, this is the approach that Louis and I recommend. And it's an approach that many of you have used or are using because we've taught this before. It comes from a guy named Dave Ramsey. Now, Dave Ramsey is, is a financial planner. So I'm not gonna tell you what to do. I'm gonna tell you what Dave Ramsey tells us to do as a particular approach. He's a, uh, he's a pretty big deal actually, but he's... One of his big goals in life is to help people become financially free. You can go to his website, daveramsey.com, and search baby steps. You got that? Can you remember that? Write it down. Baby steps. And it's gonna take you to a page on his website with seven baby steps aimed for people who are currently in debt, who are currently slaves to debt. Baby steps. Baby step number one. Create an emergency fund. This is Dave Ramsey's advice. Create an emergency fund. Create some margin, which means you either have to get some additional income, a second job potentially, and or reduce your expenses, scorched earth. And that margin initially save a thousand bucks and put it somewhere that you can get to it, but not get to it easily. Arms reach. And that becomes your emergency fund because if you're in debt, you know this, When that thing breaks, your only option is to borrow more to get it fixed. And that's not progress. And it's demoralizing and discouraging, right? So create some margin, increase income and or reduce expenses and get to where you've got a thousand bucks and that's just an emergency fund. If and when that thing breaks, 
You don't have to go into more debt. You've got that sitting. That's baby step number one. And here's baby step number two. And this is all I'm gonna share from Dave's approach today is what he calls the debt snowball. Now, when he talks about debt and when I'm talking about debt, I'm talking about consumer debt. I'm not talking about mortgage debt. I'm not talking about business loans that you may have borrowed if you're starting your own business. I'm talking about consumer debt, the the, the sort of debt that we can accumulate by spending more than we earn on stuff, okay? This is what it could look like for you, could look like for me, could look like for anybody. A little spreadsheet here. This is not a, these are not wild numbers and these are not wild examples, at least I don't think so. This could literally be, uh, your story, or, or it could have been our story, and, it, and it's a very common story, that you've got five, again, hypothetical, but not outrageous, five entities that you owe money to, a store card, a credit card, parents, friends, a personal loan, and, uh, on, and car payments, which could also be a personal loan, but just using this as an example. What Dave Ramsey's is that skill or that practice or those habits that you developed to find $1,000, once the $1,000 is there, continue with that same practice. He calls that found money. I've now got, we've now got an amount of money, I'm just using the figure $200, an amount of money that is actually above what we're spending and take that found money and apply it to eliminating debt. Now, he puts it this way. Call them out, write down the balances, and write down the balances from the lowest amount to the highest amount. Be aware of the interest rate. Be aware of the minimum payment. And then get about eliminating the smallest one. Now, there are our financial planners that will tell us to put the interest rate column as the second column. And if we did that, then parents would go down to number five and the ones with the highest interest rate would go up to the top. Because the idea is that because they're the highest interest rate, they're the one costing us the more. It's just basic math, right? Dave Ramsey will tell you, maths didn't get you into this problem. (laughs) So don't rely on maths to get you out. What you need is some momentum. What you need is a win. So by doing this, and you know the one thing that we haven't done is we haven't put the total balance. Because if you take the time to put the total balance, you might not even get started on this. Like let's let's crunch those. Four, Liz Newton, see if he can beat me. 1,100, 3,700, 57, 65, 15 grand, give or take. 13 grand, give or take. And you see that and you go, oh, I'm never gonna be able to do No, just list them out and then say, right, we have to make the minimum payments, which for the second credit card is this amount, $30. We have to do that. The bank's not gonna let us take a, 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 you know, a break on that. But the minimum, and then take that found money and put it to the first one. So instead of going, oh my gosh, $30,500, how are we ever gonna? $450. Just focus on that. Well, if we've got... $200 found money, and the first one's 450 that's like just over two pay cycles. All right, you can do that and do it. Guess what? Yes, it's only 450 off 13 and, and change, 
But you know what it is? It's now four when you previously had five. So now take the money that you've now got and roll that debt snowball into the second one. Six fifty. Well, six fifty. We can do that in just over three pay periods. Well, actually, no, because you've got the minimum payment you were paying on the store card plus your two hundred dollars. You'll pay it down in less and go on from there using this debt snowball. Now, podcast listeners, apologize. This is a visual thing. You may not be aware. Let me bring it to your attention, podcast listeners, or you can find this out for yourself, church, is in our app, in the podcast section, also on our website, in the podcast section. This slide deck is there for you to be able to scroll through at any time for all of our messages. So jump on there, have a look, see the numbers, visualize this. But this stuff works. It works work for us. It's worked for many of you. It's working for more of you as you're doing it. In fact, this, just this last week, I've had three separate people slash couples come to me and say, Mark, let me tell you about how we're progressing with this. And they tell me numbers and victories and this card's gone and this is next. And and, and two of the three actually know the month that they're gonna be finished paying down the debt and become financially free. And I'm like... Because there's a runway beyond that, and I'm going to come to that in a second, but man, that is so, so exciting. And in fact, next week, we're going to share one story of, of one of our households who have become financially free using this debt snowball approach. And then there's bonuses to this. You now start to become emotionally free, living not just with financial freedom, but financial peace, relational freedom. You now start to become someone who looks at an opportunity and is no longer frustrated because you're willing but not able because you're started to create some margin where you can take advantage of opportunities because you are willing like you always were and now you're no longer a slave. You can be able to be generous, to take advantage of opportunities and you can start to not just model that, but teach that to the next generation. Once you're financially free, once this is done, there's a next step. The next step is to pay yourself. Four out of 10 adult Australians have less than one month's income in their bank account. Let me say it again. Four out of 10, 40%, four out of 10, Adult Australians have less than one month's income saved in their bank account. Meaning 40% of Australia, if they lost their job tomorrow, they would be broke one month later. I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands, but if we're the average Australians, then 40% of us, that's you. And if it is you, I'm not saying this to shame you. I'm saying once you get out of debt, then apply yourself to this, pay yourself. Because here's how you think things work, some of you, and then let me explain how they really work. Let's show the next slide here. This is payday. Now payday, whether it's weekly, fortnightly, monthly, don't matter, it's payday. And on payday, you get given a lump sum, what our four-year-old nephew refers to as many monies. So on your payday, your employer deposits many monies into your bank account. And as soon as many monies mysteriously appears in your bank account, you then hand over some of many monies 
to rent mortgage, house related stuff, car running expenses, uh, 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 insurance, etc. Uh, utilities, internet, electricity, gas, etc. And then groceries, foods, etc., etc., etc. You had a thousand many monies. And at the end of this period, having gone through all this and given out what you've given out, you now have zero monies. Any of you keen, astute people know what's missing in this particular equation? I'm gonna tell you, see, okay, all the spiritual people said tithes, giving to God. Ah, oh, come on now. No one's, no one's impressed. And all the honest people are like, me, yeah, right, you, exactly. Well, here's the thing, they're both correct, all right? Because here's the deal. You think that this bank account that your employer or your business that you own deposits many monies into, your bank calls that something. They might call it an access account, a savings account. It isn't. What it is, is a money laundering service <laughs> that these people are using to get that from your employer into their accounts. It's not your money. You'll, it's like working for El Chapo or Pablo Escobar. You are merely laundering money. You're not earning it for you because at the end of the period, None of it's stuck. And this is how four out of 10 adult Australians currently live. So, slide two. The principle I put up said pay yourself. If you go to an average financial planner, they won't say pay yourself. They'll say pay yourself first. You sit down with them, the plan, they'll say, okay, Let's get a plan together to get you out of debt. Absolutely, you need to do that. Don't worry about saving until you're out of debt. Put all of your many monies that you can create margin into getting out of debt. But once you're out of debt, let's start talking about savings. The average financial planner will tell you, pay yourself first. And that's a key difference between someone who's a follower of Jesus and someone who's just looking to accumulate some wealth in a bank account is God says, no, no, put me first and then put yourself second. Both matter. We need to insert both of those things into this process. I'm gonna talk next week about what it means to honour God with our finances, to put Him first, to, to actually take charge with generosity. This amount's the same. A thousand bucks is now going out six ways of which God is one and you're one and so now you're a money laundering service for the other four bozos. You're even a money laundering service for God. That's fine. <laughs> and you yourself also have something to show and build on at the end of that pay period. And here's the, the final little key. It looks like, and this is what we, we talk about, give, save, live. Give, save, live. I'm gonna talk about give next week. Give, save, live. Four out of 10 Australia, adult Australians only do the last one and 100% of their income goes to live. And yet God's got something better because he's got somewhere better. Give, 
save, live. And to put some percentages on it, not a number because we all learn different amounts, but percentage-wise or proportionately, 10%, 10%, 10%. I'm gonna talk about that first 10% next week. Talking about savings. This applies to both of them, by the way. Two things. When it comes to savings, open up a separate account. Because your bank calls it a savings account, but it's not. It's a spending account. It's not a savings. It's called a savings account, but there's nothing in there that's savings. That's a spending account. And that's okay. You do have to pay mortgage and rent and, and car. and so That's great. It's fine. 80% can go in, go out, because that's your spending account. And if that's at zero at the end, before the next pay period, hopefully right close to it. But if, no problem. That 10% that you pay yourself, park that somewhere else. And that becomes your savings account. And do that automatically. This is my strong advice to you. Automate it. You can do that now. You just click a couple of buttons on your banking app. Automate it. One of the keys to winning in anything in life is to make the decision once and then just keep doing it. Don't, will I, won't I pay myself every pay period? Automate it. Make the decision once. And the day after you receive your many monies, you check the balance in your savings account, which is not your spending account, and magically, you've paid yourself. And thus endeth like a boss, week two, over to Louis.